Welcome to the Miracles and Wellness Podcast. My name is Clarissa Booker and I'm your life and wellness coach and also a beauty expert. I am so happy and grateful that you are here. We'll be discussing all things health and wellness, feeling empowered and loving yourself more while connecting your mind, body and spirit. Always know that you can manifest whatever you desire for your greater well-being in your life because I believe that miracles are for everyone. Hello, everyone. Hope you're having a wonderful day today. Today, I have an amazing guest, Miranda Lee, that is joining us. I am so excited. Hey, Miranda, how are you doing today? Hello, Clarissa. I'm an amazing. I'm so happy to be here to talk to you and your audience. Awesome. We are so happy to have you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you started and everything. All right. So like you said, my name is Miranda Lee. I am a faith-based health and confidence coach. So I love to work with people who are mostly women, but basically busy go-getters who are just trying to find food freedom, fall in love with themselves and like just completely ditch the diets and realize that they can, they can reach their health and fitness goals and still eat the foods they love. So that is just my goal is something that I, I struggled with for many years. I struggled with multiple eating disorders growing up, um, really struggled with perfectionism in every aspect of my life. And finally, I decided that I wanted to be happy. And that's what I chose. And once I found food freedom, my life completely changed. And I just want to help other people do the same thing. Oh, I absolutely love that food freedom. That sounds amazing. How, so how, do, what does food freedom mean to you? So to me, food freedom is not giving food the power to make me feel guilty or bad or obsessed about any type of food. Um, I was obsessed with health foods. Um, I labeled things as good and bad. And one of the biggest things I preach now is you, like foods aren't good and bad. The only bad food is expired foods. Like (laughs) it's really bad food. There's, there's nothing and everything's great in moderation. You can label celery as good, but if you eat a hundred pounds of it a day, sorry, but celery is bad then, you know, like everything's fine in moderation. So food freedom is just not letting food have power over your life. And for so many years, food had so much power that I wouldn't go out to dinner with friends. I dreaded going out to eat with family. Um, I counted every single macro. I counted every single calorie. I couldn't enjoy food without feeling guilty. And I was just trapped in this all or nothing mindset. And the thing about food is you cannot live without it. So it's not like cigarettes or alcohol or something that you can just cut out. Like you are forced to either mend your relationship with food or just be crippled by it for the rest of your life. And we have the decision of what we want to do. Absolutely. I'm sorry. So many people can resonate with you on that. I mean, we've all had, like, I've had my, I had my struggles with food a little bit there. So what helped you move past that and mend your relationship with food? Cause now you're doing amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think the biggest thing was surrendering to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people really see the link between faith, fitness, and food, but there's actually this really big link 
Um, and it's because I was putting my identity in the body I had in my relationship with the gym or my relationship with food. And at the end of the day, like my identity is in Christ. And once I surrendered everything over to God and told him, you know, let me be who you put me on this earth to be. I know you didn't put me on this earth to be skinny. That's not my purpose. And I just want to be fulfilled. And I, and, you know, God gave us this body, like it's a temple. We're supposed to treat it and take care of it, but it's not supposed to be our main focus in life. And especially with diet culture and just the world that we're living in right now, I feel like so many people make it the center of their universe. And I just wasn't happy. So surrendering to God and realizing that, all right, like I'm not perfect. I'm going to go through this journey one step at a time with God. I'm going to be kind and gentle with myself. I am going to be in this journey for the long run. I'm not looking for any quick fixes and, you know, just really surrendering everything over to God and trusting what he had in store for me. Absolutely. I believe in that wholeheartedly. You, we have to surrender. I mean, once we actually allow ourselves to surrender, things start opening up for us in so many ways. That's so wonderful. And so did that also help you with the perfectionism? Yeah. So I think, um, everything just kind of bleeds into everything. Like everything overlaps, everything's connected. Like you can, like you can say was, did I have an eating disorder because I was a perfectionist or was I a perfectionist? Cause I had an eating disorder. Like there, everything's kind of overlapped and something that I learned with my health and fitness journey is like the way that you treat your body and the way that you treat your relationship with food and your relationship with exercise is how you treat your relationship with everything. So not only was I putting my identity in being the fit and healthy girl who only ate certain things and didn't eat unhealthy and the girl who worked out five hours a day, I was also putting my identity in things like I was a straight A student and I was super productive and I worked three jobs at one time and I was putting my identity into all these things, but then wanting to be perfect at everything too. And we all know that perfectionism isn't attainable yet. We still all strive for it. So it's kind of dumb that we go into something knowing we're going to be disappointed and we do it anyways. So once I stop striving for perfectionism in every aspect of my life, in realizing, you know, there's going to be certain phases and aspects of my life that are going to need more attention than others. Like right now, I am like, I'm a competitive powerlifter. I've taken a break from powerlifting to focus on um, my faith more and um, growing my business. Cause I know that's what God is, is put in, put in front of me for the season of my life. Does that mean I'm not working out? No, I still work out. I actually have a strongman competition one month from today. So like, I'm still competing, but it's, it's a little different. It's not, I'm not making everything my priority. And this, we have, God will always be my first priority, of course, but right now there's going to be different things that are going to come first in our lives. And we have to remember that those are going to change. So if you would have seen me a couple years ago, my fitness was a number one 
number one priority in my life because of where I was that I was really focused on healing my relationship with food and focus. I was so focused on what my body could do instead of what it could look like. And that was a great, great time in my life. And even though fitness isn't my number one priority now, it's still a priority. It's still something I do and still something that gets my attention. But am I going to be super hard on myself if my workouts aren't an hour and a half like they used to be? No, my, my workouts now are typically 45 minutes to an hour. And I work out five days a week instead of six. You know, things can, there's a gray scale. It isn't all or nothing. It isn't you're in the gym working out two hours a day every day or you're not working out at all like just finding that balance. And I think with perfectionism, you're always looking, you always have the all or nothing mindset. You always have like, Oh, I'm either getting an A in this class or I'm getting an F. Like, did you know you can get a B and that's okay. Like (laughs) that's okay. You can get a B in different things in life and shoot, you can even get a C in something in life. It's still passing, but we're, we're taught that we have to get a hundred percent of everything. And it's just draining and exhausting and not the purpose that God put us on this earth for. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can relate to that perfectionism. I, I used to struggle with that a lot. I feel like I'm always a work in progress with that. I always have sometimes I check myself and be like, mm, you're going to get it together. You need to calm down, breathe. Yeah. So a lot of people can resonate with that. You know, it, sometimes, yeah, I feel like that just starts a, a while in there, in our past, like when we're younger and we just the acceptance thing and it just trickles everywhere. I definitely can appreciate that. Yeah. And God can definitely help us know why we're here. Was there a point when you realized, um, when did you notice that I need to do something? Hmm. So my eating disorder started when I was in the fifth grade and I didn't even notice. Um, I think I didn't notice because everything I was doing was praised by society and by my peers and by my family everyone was cheering me on like oh Miranda lost 30 pounds in six weeks that is awesome you're doing great like how was first of all how is that not a red flag to anyone but whatever but the way that society is like we're always praising people's weight loss and you know praising people who are the busier the better that that they start to feel like that's the only, only time that they're worthy. So for me in the beginning, I didn't even realize that I had an issue. Um, I didn't realize I had a problem. It wasn't until I was about 21. Um, when I, when I started dating my husband now, um, that he was just kind of like, you know, that's not normal. Like these things that you do, like he would be able to, um, you know, take a can of Pringles out, eat a couple and put it away. And that was not something it was either. I wasn't eating the Pringles or I'd eat three cans of them. It was all, I had the all or nothing mindset. So I struggled with binge eating disorder. And I also struggled with orthorexia. So my weight was all always fluctuating. And he was, he would just see my struggles and he was like, you need to get help. Like you really do. Um, so, you know, I, I got help most of it. It was a longer process because I was still trying to figure things out myself too. So then while, while 
recovering from my binge eating disorder, I kind of put more pressure on my orthorexia. So, um, you know, it's, it's a process. I, I didn't just wake up one morning and say like, I'm going to heal myself from eating disorders. I didn't really realize my struggle with orthorexia until like halfway through my recovery with binge eating disorder. And, um, and then it was, you know, on this is not perfect. Progress isn't linear. It's going to, you know, go up and down. And I just, I gave myself grace and I was patient with myself and I prayed through the way. And I think my biggest thing for whether you have an eating disorder or whether you're just struggling with any perfectionism or anything is I took the time to celebrate those little wins. Like I would mean my husband would celebrate, you know, it's always great to have someone to just to talk to. Like my husband was the one person I was very open and vulnerable with um, about my eating disorder and he did not judge, but there would be times with like going out to eat and then coming home and a, a trigger for me with my binge eating disorder that I struggled with was going out to eat, eating food that I liked, feeling guilty, and then coming home and binging. Um, And I remember the first time we went out to eat and I came home and I was like, I don't feel guilty for eating chips and salsa at that Mexican restaurant. And I feel satisfied and full. And I went to bed. And that was the first time in years that I came home from dinner going out and didn't binge eat out of guilt. And that was something that could be so small. Like my husband, if we go out to eat, he never eats when we get home. Like that's just something normal. Like he's like, what do you mean? We already ate. I'm full. That's something me and him would, would celebrate. It was a long process. And you know, it's, it's always going to be something that I, that's like in my brain, it's something I'll always kind of struggle with. Like I think about it as like my eating disorder is like, a big ball in my brain. And over time, it's now this tiny itty bitty, like little grain of rice. So like, it's still there, but like, I barely, I barely notice it. You know, there'll be hard days where it'll be something that I struggle with a little bit. Yeah, of course. But I went through the healing process and I can say that I'm in recovery from both of my eating disorders and I've found food freedom And it's like, you know what, it took me like 20 years to find this food freedom. And now I just want to help people find it in way less of the time, like just to ditch the diets because they don't have to go through this. You might not have an eating disorder, but you probably, excuse me, you probably have struggled with disordered eating, especially if you're a female at some time in your life, the way that diet culture is and the way that society is so many of us have struggled with disordered eating and it doesn't mean you have an eating disorder, but it means your view and relationship with food is skewed and it's a negative relationship. So no matter where you are, if you don't have true food freedom, like that's something you should definitely be striving for because it is the best feeling ever. Yeah, I I do believe, especially women, everybody's something has happened to them along the way because diet culture, it's so in your face all the time. So, yeah. And I, I firmly believe that as well. It's so, it's such a process and everybody has little things that they go through with that. So then the faith definitely helped you. So how do you feel that, that link, your faith and your health links together? 
So I think that when God made me, he, you know, says in the Bible, he knitted me in my mother's womb. He made me, me, I'm one of a kind and he put me on earth. And I just imagine God is up in heaven and he's with his angels. And he said, Hey, look, look what I made. Like, look how great she is. And I know that for so many years, God was pointing down at me, showing his angels me. And I was just standing there in front of the mirror saying, I hate my body. I hate this. I hate that. And God's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I just put you in that body. So you had something to walk around in on this earth. Like that's not who you are. Like your body isn't, isn't you. Like when God made me, he didn't just put me on this earth to lose weight. My, my physical appearance is the least interesting thing about me. And I know that one day when I die, no one's going to stand up at my funeral and say, I'm so glad that she wore a size eight. I'm so glad that she finally lost those last 10 pounds that she's been trying to lose. Like no one's going to say that no one cares. So why do we focus so hard on things that literally no one's going to remember us for? Are people going to remember that, you know, I didn't eat that extra piece of cake or are they going to remember that I was there celebrating their 50th birthday with them? We were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary and we all ate cake together. No one's going to be like, I remember everyone ate cake except for Miranda. Good for her. Like no one cares about that. No one cares. That's not why God put us on this earth. God wants us to take care of our bodies because this is a vessel. How are we supposed to go around spreading God's word and fulfilling our purpose if we can't keep ourselves healthy and alive? And I do truly believe that when I work out, I'm working out for the glory of God. And because I think God put me in this body that, you know what, this body is stronger than other bodies. I have, I truly have the gift of strength when it comes to working out where I know other people probably have the gift of speed. God did not give me the gift of speed. No, no, no. <laughs> he did not give me that gift. Like mm -mm. I'm over here, like sprinting my 10 and a half minute mile. I'm like, Ooh, that was so fast. Like God gave us all these different things in our body and it's something we should you know glorify him by using that so you know i'm strong i go to the gym and i use my strength to glorify god because god gave that to me that was a gift that god gave to me but god gave me so much more gifts that have nothing to do with my body I have to do with my brain my spirit my soul everything that god put together when he created me and for me to just sit down here on earth and just pick apart every single piece of this perfect creation that he made for me to say that I'm not smart enough for me to say that I'm not skinny enough for me to say that I'm not productive enough. Like you're not offending yourself. You're like, that's what God made. You're offending God. So are you going to tell God that his creation's not good enough? Because that's not fair. We shouldn't be doing that. We should be using this amazing creation that he made and using it to glorify him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you believe that the more we focus on God, it'll help us improve our self-worth within. Yeah. I think that like there is nothing on this earth to, that can make us worthy we are worthy because we are God's child. If I work 40 hours a week and you work 80 hours a week, are you more worthy? No, like 
we're both God's child. Like we can't earn our worth. We can't earn love. Love is not something that is earned. Worth isn't something that is earned. It's something that's given. God has given us his love. God has given us that like we're worthy. So there's nothing I can do that can change that. So why am I trying to do things to make me feel like I'm worthy enough of myself for that? Um, I'm worthy to be in other people's presence because I'm a certain size. Like, no, I'm worthy because I'm God's, I'm God's creation. I'm worthy because I'm a child of God. That's it. It has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because I, I feel like a lot of whenever we have different disorders or addictions, whether they're food or another substance, you know, if it, sometimes it comes from wherever it came from, we, we feel a lack of self-worth and somehow we wind up kind of taking it out on ourselves. And so if we focus on God, it'll definitely allow us to feel that we love ourselves more and that we are worth it and that we deserve that love. Because sometimes we're, we, we have, we have, I'm not good enough complexes and it can come out in so many ways and we just wind up hurting ourselves. So yeah, focusing on God and God's love and knowing that we are here for so much more, for so much more will just take us so much more farther. So how do you, so do you feel like you, with the fitness that, that helped you with healing mental health is bringing you back more center in a place? I think there's this balance with mental health and fitness that you need to find because at a certain point, working out will help your mental health. But if you're overworking out, it's hurting your mental health. And I feel like with orthorexia, so for those who orthorexia isn't as common of needing disorder that's talked about, but it's basically obsessive calorie, sorry, obsessive calorie counting, um, obsessive with anything fitness. So overworking out over calorie counting, um, tracking every single macro, um, working out way too much, like to the point where I wouldn't eat carrots because carrots were too many carbs. I would count the amount of carrots and that's ridiculous. So with orthorexia, it's like, yeah, I'm working out, but at what point is that even helping my mental health? Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled. I, I mean, I still struggle with anxiety. Um, I also have OCD and I have a tick disorder. So my mental health is something that I really have to prioritize and, you know, everything's overlapped. So when my anxiety gets worse, my ticks get worse. And, um, you know, is, am I anxious because I'm being hard on myself that I didn't work out enough or am I anxious because I haven't worked out enough. So just finding that balance and being in tune with your body, because like you can tell yourself that you work out Monday through Monday through Saturday and Sunday's your rest day. But what if Thursday comes around and your body's exhausted and you don't listen to your body and you go and you work out anyways, your body's going to be like, okay, now I'm adding even more stress. And now you know, I'm giving more to your anxiety. Like that's why it's so important to be in tune with your body because your body doesn't know what day of the week it is. Your body's not going to be like, Oh, it's Thursday. We're supposed to be at hundred percent. We're not resting for another couple of days. Like nine times out of 10, your body will be good with keeping up with your schedule, but we need to learn how to take a step back and listen to our body. If we need that extra rest and it just really reflects to your mental health. Like everything is 
is overlapped, like your physical health, your mental health, um, your spiritual health, your emotional health. We have to stop thinking everything is black and white and just really find that prime area because how do you know if working out is helping your mental health or what if you're at the point where working out's actually hurting your mental health? And that's where I was for a while where working out was actually detrimental to my mental health because I was obsessed with it because I was prioritizing it over sleep. Um, I was prioritizing it over, like there was a time where I remember I woke up late and this was in high school and I would always go swim for an hour at the gym every morning before I went to school. And then after school, I'd go lift weights and then I'd have like three different sport practices. And I remember one day I slept too late and I didn't have time to go swim. And I begged my mom to let me skip first period of school so I could go get my swim in so I can go get my workout in. And my mom was like, uh, what? <laughs> that's not about to go down (laughs) yeah she was like uh and I was like you know I was crying I was like you understand like I have to get my swim in I have to and I think she thought about for it for a second and then my dad was like oh what no like you gotta go to school I was like but first period's just theater (laughs) come on I was straight a student I was I was not a slacker in school but I was so focused on like the fitness that it was hurting other aspects of my life. Like I was bawling my eyes out because I missed, I missed one day of swimming in the morning. Like a normal person, like my husband would be like, Oh, well try again tomorrow. (laughs) And like, just it's that, it's that perfectionism that just bleeds into every aspect of your, of our lives. Absolutely. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything else. It it's, Cause it's just, it's your habits and they just wind up spreading everywhere. And so what do you do now to help you to relax and to help you be more centered for your mental health? That's not, do you have something more relaxing that you do that you incorporate into your routine? Yeah. So just getting out of that all or nothing mindset of like now with cardio, cause I know cardio is a big thing I struggled with. Like, I have a treadmill at home. It's a treadmill desk and I use it just to walk before I'd probably be like walking. Like what's the point of walking? Like we need to run like uphill. (laughs) And now I have this treadmill desk and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get on my treadmill desk and I'm going to walk and I'll listen to a podcast. I'll scroll aimlessly on social media. So I'll give myself permission when I'm on that treadmill desk. And I use that time to really listen to my body. Sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. And I give myself permission to get off and that's okay. And sometimes I'll be on that treadmill desk and I'll be like, Ooh, girl, I'm feeling good. Let's crank up the speed. Let's add a little sprints here and there. But I go in with the mindset of, I'm just going here to walk, to get some steps in, to get some enjoyable movement. And if I'm on this treadmill and it's not enjoyable, then I'm not going to be here. I'm I'm not going to be here. Um, Also just giving myself permission to take additional rest days if I need to like if my body's telling me that it's tired like it's okay it's it's okay to take an additional rest day and just remembering that the point of me doing these workouts or eating healthy it's because I enjoy it and um the old me would be like all right like Monday through Friday you better be on top of it And then the weekend, like 
you can have a little more wiggle room. No, if I want to take a rest day on a Monday, that whole never miss a Monday. Okay. Like, unless your body says, Hey, I need a break. Then you can miss a Monday. Like if my friends want to go out to eat on a Wednesday night before I'd be like, no, like mm -mm, I got my meal prep in the fridge. Right. But knowing that I can go out to eat, I can make a healthy decision and also eat something that I enjoy. Like I went to the fair this past summer with my parents and it was the, it was my first time going to the fair with complete food freedom. And when you have food freedom, people think that they're just going to like, just like when they intuitive eat that they're just going to eat a bunch of junk food. Like that's not how it works. We went to the fair. It was time to eat a meal. And I remember I was looking around at all these things and I was like, mm, the only thing that looks like good is dessert. And that's something I'm looking forward to. But right now I'm craving some nutrients. So I'm not going to go get a burger and fries. I wasn't craving that. There was like this little Greek place that had like this avocado and sprouts, gluten-free, because I'm, I'm allergic to gluten. So I had to get gluten-free um, sandwich with all these veggies. And it was just all, it was just so nu- nutritious. And my body craved it. I saw it and I was like, heck yeah, like that sounds good. And I wasn't getting it because I felt obligated to pick the healthy option like years before. Um, or even years before I'd, you know, bring a protein bar or something. So I wouldn't even eat at the fair. So I ate this nutritious meal and I was like, I feel good. That makes me feel really good. And then a couple hours later, I was craving a dessert from the fair. Um, and for the first time ever, I had a funnel cake. I have like these emergency gluten pills for if I ever have, I ever do eat gluten, which will be like once every couple months. And I was like, this is the time. I've never had a funnel cake in my entire life. Never. So I had my first funnel cake and I ate it guilt-free and it, it just felt good. Like you can eat food for fuel, but it's not always going to fuel your body. Sometimes it'll fuel your soul and just allowing that. Like if you don't have food freedom, you'll have the all or nothing of like, I have to eat super healthy or, or like, Oh, I already messed up. Screw it. I'm going to eat all these things at the fair. Like, no, when you truly listen to your body, you're going to be like, you know what? Right now I'm craving something nutritious and you know what? Now I'm craving something not as nutritious, maybe something that's going to fuel my soul instead. And I went to the fair for the first time with food freedom and didn't feel guilt. And I went home and I felt okay. I felt great. And I went to bed and it was just so amazing, uh, an experience that I'm sure a, a lot of people, like my husband doesn't think about what food he's going to eat at the fair. He'll eat something or order whatever he's craving. And if he's full, he'll stop. <laughs> and that's, that was just such a foreign concept to me. And the fact that I can live my life like that now, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It took time. But it's something that is totally, totally doable. You just have to just be okay with giving yourself grace and not seeing things as failures. Everything's a learning opportunity. If I do something that I'm like, "Mm, maybe that wasn't the best, it's something I learned from. I'm like, you know what? I learned that if I eat a couple extra pieces of chocolate, it's not going to kill me, but it didn't make me feel it made me feel a little sluggish. It didn't make me feel that great. And instead of being hard on myself, like 
dang, Miranda, like you ate half a bar of chocolate. Like, why am I so hard on myself? You don't need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I I firmly believe in giving yourself grace. I tell people that all the time, you know, this is life, you know, just, it's not about perfection. Just allow yourself to just be free. If it's something, the fair, it's fun, you know, family time. And you listen to your body, you listen. And that's what it's all about, which then makes me want to go into your recovery. Can you tell me about that and how, how, what that journey has been like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely hasn't just been a, a straight linear line. It's, it's been up and down. Um, I think recovery is amazing because you, you just really learn so much about yourself. And I was just learning so much about myself. I was giving myself so much space and freedom to be imperfect and everyone's journey is different but it's funny because I've been on so many diets my entire life like I was always on a diet that one once I gave up dieting and recovered from my eating disorders I actually lost weight and I've kept it off and I'm not like that was never my intention I never said okay I'm gonna you know, recover from this eating disorder and lose weight. Like that wasn't my priority. Like my priority had nothing to do with my body. My priority had to do with my mental health, my relationship with food. And that's what needed to heal. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with stress. I took so much stress off my body and fed it when it was hungry and learned how to stop eating when I wasn't hungry. That like your body has these hunger cues for a reason. Like there's these hunger cues that, you know, came in your body when you got it. So, you know, why, why not listen to it? So everyone's recovery is different and everyone's recovery takes a different amount of time. I can't tell you like, this is the day I went into recovery and this is the day I came out. Cause I didn't like go to rehab or anything, but it was, you know, it, it was an ongoing process and it's something I, I still journal about. I still talk to my therapist about Um, there was a, there was a point in time pretty recently where I actually missed my eating disorder and I talked to my therapist about it and I was like, it's weird. Like, I know it was bad and I don't like it and it was horrible for me, but like, I kind of miss having it. And she was like, it's completely normal to miss the old you, um, just cause it was a piece of you. And like, I'm a big advocate for therapy, y'all. If you don't have a therapist, you need to get one. I see my therapist every Friday morning and it's the best thing I've ever done. So just, you know, having that person to just really talk, talk, talk with about your journey and, you know, to be open and vulnerable because, you know, I'm a health coach. Why would I ever say I miss my eating disorder? Like, no, it was, it was something that was going on in my brain. And it's something that is completely normal to kind of miss an old piece of you. And I don't miss it now. It was just a weird, a weird moment in time. And that is something that's totally normal when you are, when you have recovered from whatever your addiction, whatever your problem was to miss the old you, but to always have someone to talk to and to reach out to, 
and having that support system, like people with eating disorders or whatever their addiction or issue is, are normally really good at hiding it. And I was really good at hiding it that no one knew, no one, like my parents are like my best friends and they didn't know. And it was cause I was ashamed of it. Um, and my husband was the first person I was actually vulnerable and talked to about it. And I don't think I could have went into recovery if I didn't let other people in. And over time, like now I'm super, like everyone, um, knows my story. If they, you know, listen to my podcast or do coaching with me, cause I'm very open and vulnerable about it now because it is a piece of my journey. And, um, I do think that God put me through this struggle so I can, I can help others. Um, but it's just surrounding yourself with the right amount of people with the right type of people and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and open and not be ashamed of who you are. And that's the only way you, you can't recover if you aren't being true, truthful and honest about where you currently are. And we just can't be ashamed of that. Absolutely. You're, it's, everybody has a story and being able to acknowledge that and share that are, are big steps. And then you help others as well. What are, what are some tools that you do that help you? You did mention journaling. I'm a big journaling advocate. I absolutely love journaling. Is there anything, what else do you do? Okay. So some of my biggest things is like I said before, celebrate little wins. Mm-hmm. Your brain, like your brain listens to you and what you say. So when you are telling yourself these little wins, that's going to motivate you. Imagine like, let's say you have a kid and you're teaching your kid how to ride a bike and they get on the bike and they keep falling off. And you're like, you suck. You're bad at riding a bike. Wow. You're never going to ride a bike. Your kid's going to be like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, let's go home. Like this isn't fun. Like, that's not how you motivate your kid to ride a bike. But when your kid gets on a bike, and they fall off like, wow, look how far you went. You went one more foot than last time. Look at you go. You got both feet on your pedals. Look, you caught yourself when you kind of tipped over. You didn't fall. Like you're motivating your kid and they're just learning how to ride a bike. Like they'll go like one foot and you're like, yeah. So if you don't hate your kid into learning how to ride a bike, why would you hate yourself on your health journey? That's not going to motivate you. We think that we can hate ourselves into loving ourselves. We really do. We think if we're just hard enough on ourselves and keep pushing ourselves and keep saying these mean things, looking in the mirror, like that, that's going to motivate us to love yourself. Loving yourself is a journey. So I think my biggest thing is, like I said, celebrating your little wins. That's really going to motivate you. Retraining your brain with what you say. If you look in the mirror in the morning and say, like, I'm looking a little pudgy or these thighs are a little big, like, your brain's going to believe it. Like you see these, these people who struggle with like extreme eating disorders who are like 70 pounds and they still think they're fat. They're not fat, but they train their brain to believe that. So no matter where you are in your health journey, if you look in the mirror and you say negative things, you can be 500 pounds. And when you look in the mirror and you tell yourself you are beautiful and you are worthy the way you are, you're still going to love yourself. You can still push yourself to reach whatever health goals that you have. You're just because you look in the mirror and you love yourself and you accept who you are. That's not going to mean you're going to let yourself go. It doesn't, it motivates you to keep wanting to be better. So, you know, just retraining your brain with positivity, stop trying to hate yourself into loving yourself 
And then what I said in the very, very beginning is stop labeling foods as good and bad. Uh, stop labeling anything as good and bad. Everything's fine in moderation. Stop saying, oh, I'm being good today and I'm not going to have ice cream. Or, oh, I'm being so bad because I had a cupcake. Like if you're a parent too, when you say those things, like your kids notice, you can tell your kid till you're blue in the face, how beautiful they are, how perfect they are, how worthy and enough they are. But when you turn around and look in the mirror and say, I look fat in this dress, it does not matter what you just told your kid. Your kid is watching how you talk to yourself. So you need to change how you talk to yourself and you need to talk to yourself. Like you are your best friend and you are your number one fan because others are watching you and confidence is so freaking sexy. It's sexier than whatever pant size you are, however much you weigh, whatever the scale says, which scale is so irrelevant. You and I've talked about that before, like, or the made up number on your jeans, like some random person in another country just went like seven and you're like, Oh my God, I haven't worn a seven since this time in my life. Like, I can't believe it. I thought it was a five, like literally just a made up number. I have I probably have five different sizes in my closet that all fit the exact same. Right. <laughs> like stop obsessing over, over just random numbers, whether it's on the scale or on your pants or on your clothes or how many hours you work. Like, these numbers are so irrelevant. Those are, those are just great tips. Um, absolutely need to love ourselves a lot more. I really believe in talking positive, just everything. Yep. So Miranda, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, so you can find me everywhere um, with This Is Miranda Lee. So my Instagram is at This Is Miranda Lee. My website is thisismirandalee.com. Um, if you go on my website, you can access my podcast, um, my free Facebook community. My podcast is the Empowered Podcast, so M-Powered Podcast. Um, you can find it on all podcasting platforms. And yeah, uh, you can find my, my free empowerment community on my website as well. But yeah, definitely follow me on Instagram. Send me a message. Say what's up and, and I'll reply to you. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for coming out. I enjoy you. And I know everybody is just going to follow you because you're amazing. You're amazing. I, I love that we both are just, you know, preaching the same thing, just health and wellness and just loving yourself. And it's just so awesome to talk to other like-minded people. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. I my mommy show. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you so much for coming by and listening. And don't forget to subscribe to wherever your favorite place to listen to your podcasts are. And if you are on iTunes, I would love it if you would leave me a written review. It means the world to me and it helps other people out as well. You never know what benefit from what you have to say because your thoughts matter. Thank you for taking the time to come by. Until next time, love and light.